0: Welcome everyone, this is Michael Blue, and you've connected to the Fellowship of Kingdom Professionals, the podcast, but we are cultivating makers and shapers of culture. Prepare for a riveting time in the principles and practices of the king and of his kingdom. You are about to be charged, challenged, and changed. I know you're ready, let's go. Let us pray, and then we're going to move on into our session. Father, we thank you so much that you've made it possible for us to come together this morning. We know that your word said that it is in you that we live and move and have our being. We know that it's not by our might or our power, but only by your spirit, saith the Lord, that we are able to accomplish anything that's worth engagement. We ask you now, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would cover your people under your precious blood. Let the angels of God encamp round about those who are traveling, whether near or far, those who are working from home, those who are working away from home, those who are those who are at uh, leisure, those who have reprieve. Let it be meaningful. Let it be deep. Let it be lasting. And then we pray, oh God, that you would just guide us and direct us. Let The words of our mouths today and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight because you are our strength and you are our redeemer. It is in the name of Jesus Christ that we ask it and we acknowledge the spirit of God. Amen and amen. All right. Elder Long, good to see you, sir. Good to see you. Amen. Dr. Cameron. All right. So we appreciate all of you. Here we are. Uh, Today is... Uh, Monday, January 17th, 2022, and it is particularly the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. observance. It is the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. federal holiday. And um, it is not, um, someone has commented that it was not designed to be a day off, but it was and is designed to be a day on that is a day on purpose, a day uh, serving, uh, at least at least reflecting uh, it's to be a day on. And so I trust that you are on. I trust that you are that you're focused on that which is meaningful and substantive and uh, that you will not allow yourself to be engaged in trivia let's not allow ourselves to be entangled with that, which is trivial. Uh, Life is too short for foolishness and it's too short for, for a great deal of even that, which is not necessarily foolish, but just, just trivial. But today is Dr. King's uh, observance, Dr. King's celebration. And uh, you know, There are lots of things that are said and have been said about Dr. King, uh, many of them commendations and some of them complications. And uh, one thing that we have to always remember, one thing that we have to always remember is that big targets are hard to miss. Big targets are hard to miss. You know what that means? It means that if you want to take a shot at somebody who is well-known and well-respected, it's easy uh, to do so. And the first reason is because all of us are flawed. So if you look for a flaw, you can find one. If you look for a liability, uh, you can find one, okay? So yes. Uh, Big targets are hard to miss. And I want to just say this. If I didn't get to say anything else today, this is not preaching. But if I were preaching, I would have just preached when I say this. If you yourself aspire to doing big things, doing great things, make sure that you handle the big people of today the way you want to be handled when you're the big person of tomorrow. What I mean by that is if you're not on television now, if you're not a mega, whatever that means, influencer now, if you're not known by millions now, if your books are not being read by thousands now, that's fine. That's fine. You aspire, we aspire to greater things. But just remember, do not sow into the personas of those who are already the influencers that you see yourself becoming, don't sow a seed that you don't want to reap when you get there. So what I'm saying is I would really encourage you to let's keep our mouths off people when our mouths are not necessary. Let's keep our opinions of people as positive as possible. And when there is a negative, if my commentary is not necessary, let me reserve it. If my commentary is necessary, let it always be seasoned with accuracy and grace, grace and truth. But let me be as charitable toward others as I would want to be if I were in their situation. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And so let us make sure that we handle the big of the today the way that we like to be handled if and when we become the big of tomorrow. You understand the terms. In other words, sometimes people despise. Here's a quote from. Uh, uh, from uh, the tragedy of Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar is talking to Antony concerning Cassius, and he says such men are always. Uh, ill at ease in the presence of those greater than themselves. They're always uncomfortable, in other words. I'm paraphrasing it slightly. But they say they're never at ease in the presence of those greater than themselves. There's some people that have a problem with others who have achieved in a way that they have or that have, uh, uh, ha- have have reached levels of renown that they have not be very careful. Let us all. Let us all be very careful of that. Big car. Uh, big, big targets. Rather, are hard to miss. Big targets are hard to miss. So, so let's not take cheap shots. Just. Mm, uh, I never shall forget. I don't think he would mind me using this illustration because he gave it publicly. Uh, it, it was a Q and A situation. I've never seen. Uh, uh, Excuse me. It was the second time that I'd ever seen uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes in public, and uh, he was having a Q and A session at a conference. And uh, one person came up and said, um, "One person came up and said, Bishop Jakes, how do you handle it when these books are being written by these people and they talk about you and so on and so forth?" I said, "How do you handle that? And how do you respond?" and Bishop Jakes at that time. Now, you know, that was years ago, but he said, I don't. He said, these people do not have their own renown. They don't have their own notoriety and so forth. They gain their notoriety by uh, by attacking those who have influence. And because the person who has influence has a name, that person who has no name and has no influence rides to a level of notice by means of attacking someone who does have a name. He said, so in other words, if I respond or react to what's being said, I'm giving him my audience. So he said, "Uh, I take my cues from what the Bible said in the book of John, where, where the Bible said concerning Jesus, and he answered them not a word. What he was talking about was the fact that big targets are hard to miss. And if you attack someone who has a name or has fame or has popularity, quite naturally, you'll get your 15 minutes of fame as well. And if they really engage you, they're giving you their audience. And so sometimes the best thing to do is what the Bible says. Well, what the Bible says is always right. You understand? But what I'm saying is sometimes that particular statement where uh, Jesus answered them, not a word, sometimes that's the best way to go. Follow that? But on our part, on our part, make sure that we do not attack people just because they're famous and we're not. Just because they may be wealthy and we're not. All right. So why do you bring that up? Well, uh, brother uh Uh, Brother King, this is Dr. King's day. Yeah, well, you know, I done heard some things about him, some unethical behaviors and so forth. Well, fine. Fine. Uh, I'm not here to uh, condemn or condone, to defend or defame, uh, uh, doctor, with regard to those things that many of us have heard. But one thing that we cannot deny is that God used him as an apostolic and prophetic voice to prick and convict the conscience of a nation and even of a world and to turn the culture in favor of the African. That is African-American. Did he finish? No. Is there much, much more work to be done? Absolutely, yes. But God used it and we thank God for him using it. And as I said to the first group this morning, we must understand that just as God uses a person because of what's in that person, we may as well admit that many times God uses us despite what's in us. Let us not get puffed up because God uses us because of what's in us. Because there are so, so many times. In fact, if you tell the whole truth, if you tell the whole truth, every one of us, God doesn't just use us because of us. Many times he uses us in spite of us. Every time, really, because none of us have gotten 100% yet. God uses us in spite of us in spite of our flaws, in spite. And I'm not just talking about deeds and actions of sin. I'm just talking about poor thinking. I'm just talking about lack of discipline. I'm just, you understand? God uses us in spite of us, not just because of us. The scripture we quoted this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter four, we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We celebrate what God has done in and through this awesome vessel. Thank God for it. 39 years of life. And someone was saying earlier, civil rights, overtly civil rights movement activity about 12 years and shifted the whole world. What a mighty God we serve. And here's the thing, you can say what you want to say. He came in the name of Jesus. He didn't come in the name of these other gods or, or pseudo gods, he came in the name of Jesus. And I'm grateful to God because it was through the power of God through Jesus Christ that he was able to accomplish what he accomplished. So we should stop today and thank God for such a vessel and such a voice. We should stop and thank God to get today for the great accomplishments that God made and did through him. The Bible says, let let me me tell you what, what else the Bible said. The Bible says by their fruit, you shall know them. By their outcomes, by their results, you see the fruit is the proof. You can call him what you want to call him, you can Try to repudiate him all you want to repudiate. But the the fruit, the Bible says the fruit tells you. All right. Well, we'll go on. Remember now, secondly, secondly, we talked about in the first session, uh, we talked about the five elements of leadership, the five components are five areas that are vital to the development of leadership. We talked about this with respect to Dr. King. We talked about the fact that uh, um, every leader, well, in fact, let me back up a little bit. When we close these sessions, when we close these FKP sessions, we typically say this, go forth today and lead. Make the name of Jesus Christ glorious. Make the career of Satan brief and miserable. Together, let us bring pleasure to Christ's heart and fame to his name. Every time we part, I admonish and I exhort you to go lead. Why do you do that, Brother Blue? Because the Bible teaches us that all human beings were created to lead. Genesis 1:26, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Dominion is responsibility with the corresponding authority. Dominion is stewardship. Bible dominion is what I've just defined. All right. And then in uh, Genesis 127, the Bible says, so God created man in his own image and the image of God created him male and female created he them and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, subdue so it. have dominion. He gave them a leadership assignment. You were created to lead. So don't ever, but I encourage you. Well, let me say it better. I don't tell people some are leaders, some are followers. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. That, that's absolutely nonsense. Some are developed leaders, some are trained leaders, some are proven leaders, but all are destined to lead. Do all fulfill their destiny? No, but that doesn't mean that it's not their destiny. See, we have to be very careful not to set up superficial classes. What do you mean superficial classes? Class, that is classification. Superficial, artificial classifications, uh, divisions, that that actually don't exist except in people's minds okay and uh here's here's an example of how that works um there are there are parents who send their children to school with these parting words go to school today have a great day remember don't be a follower be a leader Now, that sounds good, and I think that most of us would agree about the intent. The intent is honorable. But the problem with that is in saying that we've just created superficial classes, we've just created a false dichotomy, a false dichotomy. What do you mean is a false dichotomy? And what are you talking about? When you say don't be a follower, be a leader, you just told your child that there are followers and there are leaders and ne'er the twain shall meet. When an actual fact, follower and leader are not opposites. You see, that's what I mean when I say false dichotomy. That's what I mean when I say superficial classes, because we're putting followers in one class and leaders in another. And we're saying, I don't want you to be in the followership class. I want you to be in the leadership class or classification. Don't be classified as a follower. Be classified as a leader. Now, that's not what we really mean. I'll talk about what we really mean. That's not what we really mean. All right. But in the process, we get the impression that leader and follower are opposites. Again, a false dichotomy. A follower is not the opposite of a leader, a true follower, a healthy follower is a leader in the making. A follower is a leader in the making. And a healthy leader is always a follower because a healthy leader of necessity is a growing leader. And a leader does not grow only by leading, a leader also grows by following, that is by continuing to learn, by continuing to serve, by continuing to be curious, by by continuing to to be inquisitive, by continuing to understand uh, that his calling and posture is not to be served, but to serve. Healthy leaders never stop following. So a follower is a leader, a healthy follower, who is following a healthy leader, we trust. A healthy follower is a leader in the making. And a healthy leader is a perennial follower. A healthy leader is always a leader is a learner. A leader is is one who has an appetite for more. So we create a false dichotomy in our children's mind when we say, don't be a follower, be a leader. What we mean is, what we really mean is, don't be taken advantage of by other people's negative thoughts and behavior. That's really what we mean. Don't emulate other people's negative thoughts and behaviors. That's what we mean. We don't mean don't be a follower because if that child takes that literally, that means the teacher can't tell him or her what to do. The principal can't tell him or her what to do. The police can't tell them what or what not to do because you told them don't be a follower. So you understand that's a false dichotomy. What you're saying is don't allow other people, don't become, don't become, uh, don't fall prey to the negative ideas and the negative attitude, uh, behaviors rather of others. Does that make sense. So let's talk about the opposite. The opposite of leader and follower is victim. That's the opposite. The opposite of follower and the opposite of leader is victim. Because a true follower follows by choice. That means his will is still intact. A leader obviously leads by choice. Will is still intact. Victim gives up his will. Victim does not have a say. Victim does not make decisions. Victim does not make choices. So what you're saying is don't be victimized by somebody else's negative ideas or negative behaviors. A follower is a chooser. A leader is a chooser. A victim has given up or has had taken from him or her the ability to choose. So whenever we get into coercion, The people we are coercing to be with us, they're not followers, they're slaves. They're not followers, they're victims. A follower chooses. Jesus said to Peter and James and John and all those others, he said, follow me. And you understand that that's an imperative sentence with the subject understood being you. So who's in charge? You. Don't you remember? There were instances when Jesus told people to follow him and they said no. The rich young ruler, Jesus said, if you would be perfect, sell all you have, give the proceeds to the poor and come and follow me. And the Bible says he went away sorrowful. So you understand that his choice making mechanism was very much, his decision making mechanism was still intact. Jesus did not take his power. See, when you, have, when you have a leader who is, in fact, a healthy leader, that individual never robs the follower of his or her power because the day that he or she does so, he or she is no longer a leader, that individual is now a tyrant, a dictator, a despot. And the follower is no longer a follower. That individual is a victim, even a slave, a pawn. That's one of the reasons why we often say love is not coercive. There is no coercion in love. Love has to be. Love is... Love is one of the ultimate expressions of will, of choice. This is not where we were planning on going right here, but but I hope this is beneficial to you. <clears throat> A leader has to be developed. Yes, following is one of the... Uh, Techniques by which leaders are developed, absolutely yes. But all human beings, whether they are developed in leadership or not, all human beings were created to lead. Don't rob anybody of that. Did you hear me? Don't rob anybody of the fact that they were created by God to lead. Some of us lead from in front. Some of us lead from beside. Some of us lead from behind but we all are called to lead. We have a meeting in October. It is our longest running meeting. Uh, This year, it would be about 28 years old. And it is called Leadership Conference. And every year, progressively, I struggle with getting people to understand that this meeting is not just for the preachers or for the deacons or for whatever other auxiliary heads that exist. Because unfortunately, the masses of the people I'm responsible for tend not to define themselves as leaders. So when they hear leadership conference, their immediate reaction is, That's for somebody else. That's that's not for me. I'm not a leader. Let let me know when y'all have the other thing, because this is not for me. It's because of that false dichotomy. It's because of faulty thinking. Are you listening to me? It is because there's the misconception, it is this superficial class mindset that some are followers and some are leaders. Do you understand? I'm telling you, my dear brothers, my dear sisters, that there's nothing more powerful than an idea, whether it is a healthy, wholesome, life-giving idea, or whether it is a toxic, life-sucking, life-draining, life-consuming idea. ideas. Dr. Monroe used to say, Dr. Miles Monroe, that an idea is the most powerful thing in the world or in the universe, however he stated it. And he's absolutely right. And so we must grasp as it relates to leadership. Oh, gosh, we must grasp proper thinking with regard to leadership. And you will never empower an individual if you don't understand first that leadership is, in fact, empowerment. To lead is to dignify and empower those whom you lead. I say it again. To lead is to dignify and empower those whom you lead, those who are following you. You dignify them for who they are and you empower them for what they can do. That's what healthy leaders do. That's what that's what God following God-emulating ideas, uh, excuse me, leaders do. They dignify and empower those who are being led. And so we're careful not to take away power. But when we feed people ideas that create superficial classes and false dichotomies, we've just inseminated... inseminated into them, we've just inseminated them with a confining, constricting, limiting idea. And that idea becomes a reality over time if it's embraced. The, the the closing, what is it? Go forth today and lead. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to every person who is ever on this platform. You are the one that God has called to lead. You are the one to bring about influence through serving up the gifts that God has placed within your life naturally and or supernaturally. Can you see it? So when someone says leader, they're talking about you. Unless they are talking about a specific aspect of life where you don't have a leadership responsibility. There are aspects of life where we don't have leadership responsibility, maybe outside our own lives. You understand? And so there's that technicality. But in the general sense and in the true sense, every one of us is ordained of God to lead. Stop thinking of yourself as inferior, inept, inane, inadequate, insufficient. Stop that. The God who called you to lead is the God who will, if you follow him, enable you to lead. The God who's ordained that you would lead is the God who will give all of the necessary resources for you to fulfill it. Thinking of it, here, here's one of the, oh my, all right, well, we're here, we may as well stay here. One of the challenges with regard to what I'm stating, one of the reasons why people, uh, sort of re- resent or resist accepting the title or the concept, I'll keep title, leader, is because they have a concept that that they don't find acceptable. Many times when they hear leader, they think arrogant. When they hear leader, they, they think self-important. And because those things they find somewhat repulsive, they don't embrace that idea of uh, of leadership, boss, control. We're so big on control. We sing songs, and, and I love them too. We sing songs about God being in control. And uh, it is true, but it has to be qualified because the way we tend to define control, the way we tend to define control, God's not a controller. Oh, brother blue, how can you? Oh, the, the way we tend to define control, God is not a controller. That obsessive kind of strong arming, that's not our God. If God were a controller, nobody would be in hell. If God were a controller, there would never been a war. If God were a controller, there would never have been a crime committed. If God were a controller, there be no other, <laughs> there'd be no, no false religions. He's not a controller as we think of, listen, God is in control over all things. God is not in control of all things. He has given his creation volition, he has given his creation a will. Now, he invites, he commands his creation to let my wisdom inform your will. Let my wisdom inform your will. In other words, take my word, learn my word, and obey my word. You will prosper. But listen to what he said. Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. Choose life. notice he said, I put them both before you. I'm not robbing you of your power. You see it? And so if you have, now this is for somebody, this is for somebody on this stream right now. If you have a position of seniority in a business, uh, whatever the organization is, and you are a controller in the worldly sense of controller. To the extent that you are a controller, to that extent, you're not a leader. You're some things now, but you're not a leader. Because leaders dignify and empower people. And people who respond to your dignifying of them and your empowering of them don't need your control. boy brother blue wow yeah absolutely i'm talking about adults i'm not i'm not talking about you keeping your children off the street you know, you know, little babies and all that's not what i'm talking about if these are adults if these are people who are uh equipped in life to make their decisions for how they live and how they they chart the course you understand what i'm saying And if I find it necessary to always twist their arms or threaten them or to browbeat them or to criticize them somehow beating them into submission to what it is I want them to do, I'm not a leader, not not a healthy one, not a healthy one, because I'm robbing them of their power and leaders don't take away power. They empower I don't mean you don't have a standard, I don't mean you don't have guidelines, I'm not saying you don't have accountability, but all of those things empower. But uh yeah, th- th- there's somebody who needs who needs that because you're struggling. You're stressing, you're straining unnecessarily. Well, let the church say amen. <laughs> you know why this is always challenging? Is because we get a little nervous when we begin to think about the fact that maybe what I've been thinking was leadership was not leadership after all. Maybe I'm I'm not as effective as I thought I was maybe i'm maybe i'm missing some things maybe i've been channeling my energy in the wrong direction so so as i'm going to have to to wrap this we spoke this morning about the making of a leader in 5 major areas of the making of a leader in the evolution and development of it. In other words, you're born to lead, but you have to be made a leader. Have you ever heard the question, are leaders born or are leaders made? You ever heard that question? Are leaders born or leaders made? The answer is yes. They are born to lead because they were created by God to lead however, we have to be made. And that is a lifetime. Leaders are made over a lifetime. We're born to lead, but we have to be made uh, a leader. So when the question is asked, are leaders born or are leaders made? The answer is yes. (laughs) Both are true. Does that make sense? Okay. And we talked about those five elements. That's really as far as we'll be able to get um, in this session. That is uh, five really non-negotiables. Community, character, competence or competencies. Then the fourth one is threefold. Kronos, Kairos, Crisis. They all have to do with time. Okay. And then number five, continuity. Community, character, competence, Kronos and the other two, and continuity. Community. All of us come into existence through community. Husband and wife, or if not husband and wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, anyway, male and female became a community. And, and exchange the genetic materials that brought our bodies into the earth. Okay, community. Somebody reared us, somebody nurtured us, someone bathed us, someone clothed us, someone fed us, someone disciplined us, someone cuddled us, someone doctored us, community. Someone educated us, trained us, coached us, disciplined us, community. Someone modeled before us, right? Someone demanded that we perform or that we present, community. Family, friends, teachers, mentors, pastors, employers, co-workers, community. Number two, character. That's the inner strength to do that which is right, to do that which is good. A leader without character is a dangerous individual. When I say character, you are you know I mean positive character, positive values and so forth. So there's character. I've got to run. Our time is about to expire. Then number three, competence. Competence. Those are the gifts and the abilities, the talents, the skills. Then there is four, Kronos and Kronos and kairos crisis. That is the time. Leaders are made by God for the time. Leaders are placed by God at a time. Leaders are used by God to speak to a time. Okay. And then fifth, continuity. God intends for what the leader does to exceed him or her, to succeed him or her, to go beyond him or her in their lifetime and their personal reach and scope. Can you see that? Dr. King, his community, parents, uh, siblings, uh, his educators, his mentors, all of that. His character, clearly we see the teachings of Jesus Christ that were held near and dear to him. Even the teachings of Mohandas K. Gandhi with regard to nonviolent social protest and change and so forth, those things were ingrained in him. They became the inner values and so forth. Then number three, competence. Clearly, the man was intelligent and intellectual, gifted orator, uh, charismatic personality. Okay, All of that is competency. And then fourth, Cronus. He was born into the Jim Crow South. He was born into an era where Jim Crow was the rule of the day, born into an era where the oppression of people of color was the rule of the day, born into an era where there was much struggle and tumult in the culture, in that time, the chronos. But then there came a set time when God dealt with him. And uh, you'd have to listen to this morning session. And then the crisis, a time and a point in time where an individual cannot retreat. He comes to a certain point, And even the the popularly used term crisis, which there means a problem. There's a problem that manifests and he or she is obligated to to solve it. And then finally, continuity. Those who came after Dr. King, uh, who who were inspired by him uh, directly, of course, his children, uh, Reverend uh, Jesse Jackson and many others. What I'm saying is we can see those five elements in the life of Dr. King. We can see community having helped shape him and frame him. Uh, Dr. Benjamin Mays and the various ones shaping him, all right? Then character. Uh we see that there was there was internal virtue and value that they just made this man willing to put his life on the line. And then competences. We are all aware of the multifaceted giftedness that God placed within him. And then We know what the times were like, the chronos. And then there came the kairos that came that defining moment for him, that moment where he said, sitting in his kitchen, he asked God, am I doing your will? Is this the right thing? And he said, it was as if he heard a voice that said, stand up, Martin Luther, stand up for justice, stand up for righteousness. And lo, I'm with you all the way even to the end of the world. That was a kairos moment for him. And then of course, the crisis. It seems as if When we look at it, the the overall crisis was the maltreatment and discrimination against people of color. But uh, you might want to look at perhaps the Montgomery bus boycott as the moment from which he could never retreat. Once he came to the national stage, it's as if he could never leave that stage. Uh, The crisis, you understand. Then finally, continuity, his work yet lives. The question that you and I must ask ourselves, um, is simply this. In my trajectory of leadership, my arc of influence, uh, Brother Lee, uh, am I aware of how these five things cohere to cause me, the leader born, to be the leader made? How how healthy and life-giving is the community where I presently find myself? What is the state of my character? Am I sharpening my competencies? Am I seeking to enhance my competencies? And then what are the times? What am I responding to? What is my perception of this reality? And then finally, continuity. Who am I positioning to take what God has given me to the next level? Who am I helping? Who am I coaching? Who am I counseling? Who am I encouraging? Who am I disciplining? continuity. Those five elements are elements in the making of a leader. You are a leader born, but God is taking you and taking us from leader born, or shall we say leader created, which is better, but you understand, leader born to leader made. We'll elaborate on this further, God willing, but I hope that this being the Dr. King uh, observance, that it provokes you to think about your divine destiny as a leader. Don't miss it. You are chosen of God to lead. As we conclude then, may I say to you, as I have been saying for the past several years, until we meet again, this is Michael Blue of the Fellowship of Kingdom Professionals saying to you, go forth today and lead. Make the name of Jesus Christ glorious. Make the career of Satan brief and miserable. Together, my brother, my sister, let us bring pleasure to Christ's heart and let us bring fame to his name. Until we pick this up again next week, God willing, may the peace of God go with you. Thank you for listening to the Fellowship of Kingdom Professionals, FKP, the podcast. If you'd like more engagement, click the link in the show notes join like-minded professionals in the FKP Facebook group. Follow us at Bishop M.A. Blue on all platforms. Also join the FKP Weekly Conversation Live every Monday at 1130 a.m. Eastern on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Finally, be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. May God bless you until we meet again.